Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. Hey, Dream Builder. This episode is powered by Design Crowd. Design Crowd is a website that helps entrepreneurs, startups, and small businesses get creative and quality designs from custom logos to business cards and even web designs. There's a community of over 900,000 designers from all across the world that's ready to bring your idea to life in as little as ours. So head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation and see what all the hype is about. What's up, Dream Builder? We are back again in today's episode. I'm excited because we're going to talk into all things mindfulness. And I think in 2021, this is going to be a big topic for all of us because eventually you'll get out of whatever that money hole that you're in, right? It's not forever. It's temporarily. But at the end of the day, you still have to make sure that your mindset is right. You still have to make sure that you're holistic. And uh, I think we have the perfect person to teach us how to do that today. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming my brother, Mr. Dan Mendelo to the show. Dan, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? What's up, Dream Nation? Thank you very, very much for spending your time with me, with us. Um, I think we're going to have a great time here. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I had the pleasure of doing your show uh, right before the end of the year in 2020, which was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, You got to hear a little bit about my story. And so I'm excited to uh, listen to more about your story. And the way I always like to make sure that we preface it is I do uh, the proper introduction. And how I do that is I basically compare us as entrepreneurs, thought leaders, change makers to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly putting on our cape, we're flying around the world, and we're trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems. And so what we all know is there's a man called Superman. And behind that S on the chest, there's a guy that some of us can or cannot explain who he is, and that being Clark Kent. And we all know, or at least a lot of us know, who this Superman is known as Dan Mendelo. But what we don't know yet is who is that guy behind the S on the chest? Who is your Clark Kent? (laughs) I love that frame of question, man. That's awesome. Um, So my Clark Kent is, you know, the lines are blurring. There used to be very much a, like a now I'm super Dan, <laughs> you know, now I'm I'm Clark Kent, whatever that is. Um, and there there used to be this this big like I got I got my cape on when I'm done, I take it off and I become something else. And the more work I do on myself, the more I explore the nature of identity, of what's in our hearts and minds, and how do we really work, the more those lines blur. But mm-hmm. What my clients don't really get to see that often, let's say, is um, a very reclusive me. I think a lot of people, and it's because when I was a kid, I learned that uh, whether it's right or not, that if you want to be friend, you know, friends with people, you want to fit in, you want to be the, the kind of accepted, validated person that you have to be an extrovert. You have to look a certain way, be a certain way. Your volume has to be a certain way. You need to talk a certain speed. And so I learned it. The problem is I'm not extroverted. Mm. (laughs) Like I can have bursts of it, but then I need like a couple of days of just kind of being in my own little cave, like reading and meditating and doing my thing or else I'll burn out. 
Um, and so there is that side of me that as much as I love people, as much as I love talking with people and getting out there and working with people, there's also a part of me that like in November, I took two weeks off and got this like three bedroom cabin in the woods just for myself. Mm. And I told everybody like, don't even try to contact me. I do not exist for these two weeks. And I went there and I did a whole bunch of healing on myself and energy work and all kinds of things. And I came out of it feeling younger, faster, smarter, you know, laughed more, smiled more. I came out a totally different person. And so I think that's a, a thing that people don't really get about me is um, I love kind of having my own little world apart from this world that I spend so much time in. And maybe that's it for me. Maybe like Super Dan is so much more extroverted and in touch. And the real me, I'm like, I'm gone. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a very key point, because for me, I've even had these conversations with my wife about, you know, am I really an extrovert? Right. Most of the time when people see me, they'd be like, oh, he is. But I'm just like you. And I grew up as an only child. So that's what we always attributed to that. I never had somebody that was always in my face. Like I could play with my, by myself when I wanted to. But in the same time, if I wanted to go outside and play with friends, I could do the same thing. Um, but for me, that was always a, a big thing of trying to figure out who I really was. Am I extroverted? Am I not? And uh, I, I think that that's key point that you brought up is like just really doing some time and healing and figuring it out. Let me ask for you. Did you ever have a breakdown or a meltdown or where did it come from for you where you were like, hey, I need to go alone because otherwise I'm going to burn out. Did you ever have that burnout and then you tried to recover from it or you just seen that the writing was on the wall? So you started to implement practices so you didn't have the burnout. Oh, man, I wish. I wish that second thing so bad. <laughs> it would have been so much easier. No, man, I had breakdowns throughout like my entire life. So for me, I was either born depressed or it kicked in so early that I don't have a single memory before that. And so I was... Do you think you said you were either born... You think people can be born depressed? Very, very rarely. Very, very rarely. It's just like the right the perfect storm of conditions need to happen. I was a C-section kid in the early eighties when C-sections, there's a lot of chemistry that's kind of important um, about a natural birth. And now they do things in a very, very different way, but there are some chemicals that a baby becomes, uh, comes in contact with during a natural birth that kind of protect it. And without these things, you can lead to depression. Now there's that. And this conversation is now going to get really, really weird. So I hope if you're listening to this, you can buckle in none of this stuff that I'm about to say over the rest of the time that we're talking here is meant to impress you. I don't care. Um, this is all very real, right? So I do believe in past lives. I do believe in karmic cycles. I do believe in these things. And my entire life, I've been told, because I wasn't spiritual my entire life, I've only been spiritual for like the last five, six years. Um, before that, I thought it was BS. Like, I, I was certain it was BS in my entire life for like no reason at all. Like, you know, what are healers, but like new agey weirdo people in, in my young mind would come and tell me these really uncomfortable things from like absolutely nowhere, which I don't know why they would do that telling me like this lifetime is where I burn off a lot of those karmas, where I work off a lot of family curses and a lot of these things that have stacked up either from my lineage, from past lives, from yada, yada, yada. Give us an example. Well, I have had, um, I've done some past life regressions and um, I've had many past lives as shamans, healers, medicine men, and they all ended very badly, uh, which is, it kind of explains why my entire life, like if I see a scene of a witch being burned at the stake, it kind of traumatizes me. Hmm. Uh, like I, I've had a very bad and very visceral and immediate horror kind of reaction to it. And I had a couple of past life regressions. I'm like, oh yeah, that would explain it. Um, and so this, this lifetime is 
unusually hard for me because there's a lot of stuff that I'm working through. And there's a lot of stuff that I need to do within myself, a lot of empowerment, a lot of strengthening. That's why I live a very spiritual life right now. Why I'm a healer, why I'm drawn to certain things, because it's like the end of the line. You know what I mean? It's like the end of these things passing down from family member to family member, or past life to past life, such as a fear of spirituality or uh, a fear of healing or um, a pattern of feeling disempowered around certain things. So what's the best way to learn how powerful you really are and to learn that you can heal from anything and help anyone heal from anything? Be born and set yourself up with massive challenges, um, such as having your first 31 years be suicidally depressed. And, you know, brushing up with suicide a couple of times, what a wonderful way to have to overcome and to find out like, okay, well, maybe I'm not so powerless. Maybe I'm not disempowered. Maybe I don't have to be this way. And I had to find solutions and I had to find ways out. You know, thankfully for those things, I've been able to work with over a thousand people over the world and help them with problems that you know, according to them, they've tried everything, tried everybody, nothing worked, they found me and they found their medicine. Um, and so yeah, I, I do believe that I was, you know, that I, some part of me chose uh, to come in and have that be one of my major challenges in this life. Man, there's so much to unpack there. But I think that this is going to be a phenomenal conversation, because a lot of people, as I said, in the beginning, are dealing with you know, maybe mild cases of depression, right? And you would be more of an expert on that. But when you say that you have become the secret for a lot of those people who have tried many of things, talk to me about what exact, how do you diagnose, you right, that someone first off is really dealing with suicidal depression? And two, what are some small tips that they could do to start right now to say, hey, maybe life is not so bad? Because you said you went through it. And like, is it about just getting in a different environment? Is it about writing it down on a piece of paper? Like one, how do you diagnose it? And two, how do you tell someone else to say, oh, let's just take a chill pill on it? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in that we could do again, like hours and hours and hours on it. Um, so I'll give you sort of the intro to give you like a first couple of steps. Yeah, I think the first thing is to really understand what it is. And especially now, when younger kids have popularized being depressed, you know what I mean? It's like the lit thing to be is depressed, <laughs> which <clears throat> that drives me completely insane. Um, but depression, the way that I define it, is a disconnection with, your, with the truth of your inner self. Now that, we need to unpack that. This is also a cornerstone of my work and why I think I've been so successful with my clients. Because we need to really understand what our true selves are. And it conflicts with this whole idea of like, hey, you know, just be yourself, man, you know, or like, just be yourself, girl, like, do your thing. Like, people right. love you, just be yourself, right? Yeah, except if you're like me, you grow up and you're like, yo, I tried being myself, that didn't work. So I'm going to try to be you. <laughs> I'm going to try to be something else, anything else. Let me be anything else except for me, God, And define, define why you felt that it didn't work, though. Like what, what led you, were, were you being ridiculed all the time? Were your parents, like, what made you say that I'm trying to be myself, but it's not working? What defines yeah. the result of it worked or it didn't in your I mean, mind? I, I was, I was bullied from an early age. I was born in Jerusalem, Israel, grew up in New Jersey, um, and spent a year between there, um, living in South Africa and everything, I had a really weird background. And I'm a really weird person. And I get that now. And to me now being weird is like a badge of honor. I love it. But back then it was the worst insult. And it it just ripped me apart because I was different. And so I didn't have many friends and I was bullied. And uh, even when I wasn't, you know, even if I was just like hanging out with myself and my family, I just felt awful all the time. There are like no pictures. There are very, very few pictures of me uh, when I was a kid and almost none of them are me smiling. 
I, I, my mom would tell me to smile. And even when I was like six, I'd tell her, what do I have to smile about? That's a six-year-old kid, man. That's right. pretty dark. And so, because I, I tried being myself, the problem is that most of us think we're trying to be ourselves, but we're not. What we're actually doing is we're trying to be whatever we are through a lens of fears, insecurities, trauma responses, uh, past hurts. But most of that has been put on us by other people. Or we've derived it from situations like I'm, you know, a little kid, someone tells me I'm weird, we gets into my ear and now I'm weird, right? I believe that. Or over enough repetitions of hearing it, we take that in. Or our parents treat us a certain way and we believe that we don't deserve to be loved. Or that mm -hmm. if we act a certain way, that bad things are going to happen. Or we believe that we don't have enough and we'll never have enough, right? We believe we're poor. We believe we're less than that. Like, there's so many stories that we can have. The problem is that none of them are true. None of them are true. That's why I mean, be your true self. And it's a different reality. When we connect in with our true selves, we connect in with that limitless self, that self that doesn't need to prove that we're worthy in order to have love in order to have the life we want. We're already worthy. We're here. We're not some sort of cosmic accident. You know, the universe didn't do great on everybody, but just kind of screwed up when it got to us. So we are worthy, we are valuable, we do deserve love. And we are limitless, we have this incredible potential within us. And it's not up to someone else to tell us who we are, or what we are. It's for us to decide that and know deep down that we have something incredible, that we have a gift that we are a blessing. It does not matter how many times our parents hit us, or whether our dad walked out, or whether mom said whatever, or whatever kids say, we need to connect in the, the less we are connected with that true self, the more insecure we become. And it starts with that. It starts with the feeling of less than confident, mm. right? That we can't do something like why? How could that be real? Because like, we learned that, right? If we didn't learn that, then there would be insecure babies. Casanova, have you ever seen an insecure baby? No, no, definitely not my kids. Right? <laughs> right? Like a baby who just looks at all the other babies and all the other people walking and goes, Nah, it's not for me. I'll never be able to do that. I'm just going to be a floor baby for the rest of my life. And they grow up to be a 30 year old man who just crawls on the floor because he was never confident enough to No, that like never, ever, I think maybe in the history of mankind has that ever happened. So we don't have insecurity as something we're born with. We don't have that lack of belief. We don't have this awareness that something in us is broken. We learn that. And so that's when we start leaving, we start moving away from our true selves. And the bigger the gap between who we are and how we show up and our true self, the more into depression we get until we get to a place where we're so far away, the pain is so extreme that we see no reason to be here that, and it needs to be extreme because to think that ending things is a way out is a solution is really far out like that that we've now left our true selves completely behind and so i would say here is yeah it could be environment it could be people it could be whatever but you gotta find even just an acorn of that true self in you and that could be through spirituality, that could be through a mentor, that could be through a friend, that could be through music, that could be through art, it could be anything that helps you even for a moment feel that you have something in you. Maybe you don't know what it is, maybe you don't know how big it is, maybe you don't know how to access it now. But just the knowledge that that is in you that even a fraction of what I've just said is true. And that can help you start coming back. Mm. There's so much there to unpack. And so I guess my question to you is when you start to work with people who feel like that they are, you know, suffering from suicidal depression, 
what is the first thing that you tell them that gets them a result that you'd normally see, right? Because again, we're hearing all these things and it's like, yeah, I just got to find that little bit of an acorn. I just got to find like that mentor, that somebody. But the problem with this is, is now we have to get even more uncomfortable, right? Because if we go find this mentor or this whoever, and we tell them, one, we have to have vulnerability to tell them that, hey, I'm feeling weird, right? I'm feeling like I don't want to be here anymore. Now that automatically shows that I got a problem. And I don't want to show that I have a problem because I even got to this point because everybody feels like I have a problem or I feel like I have a problem. And so my question to you is, again, what is that like first thing that some Somebody else that's watching this is saying, you know what, I resonate with him and, and I'm really loving this. But what's that like first thing that you normally see after you tell this person to do this that's concrete that they start to gain some type of clarity? Is it like writing out something on a piece of paper? Is it them downloading an app and or listening to a book? Like what is that thing that you normally tell people? Yeah. So let's, in order to answer that, we're going to have to kind of um, take a couple of steps back here. So I can give you a really well-rounded and like direct answer. So first, it's not just about suicidal depression. In fact, most of my clients are not, but most of my clients do have some sort of disconnection with their true selves. And it, it shows up as I can't do that. I want to do this, but I can't do it. Or I feel anxious during these times, or I'm sad and I don't know why, or I need a change, but I can't make it or whatever. They feel blocked. They feel like they're in their own way. They feel like they have this mountain of potential in them that they cannot access. But what they don't know is that that's all on the same spectrum. That's just a little bit of a different place in that, you know, they keep on, they're already disconnected because if they already were connected with their limitless selves, they would never need to talk with me, right? They had already know that I can do whatever I want as long as I want it, right? Another thing here is that people really only change for two reasons. They either hurt enough that they have to, or they learn enough that they want to, mm. right? The problem is that they usually have to hurt a lot before they realize there's anything to learn, right? Because like you said, it is uncomfortable to do that self-inquiry and to get a mentor or even just to acknowledge to yourself, I have something that feels like crap. I probably am doing it to myself or I'm allowing it to happen. And just that is uncomfortable. You're right that there's a lot of discomfort in self-growth and people need to overcome the short-term discomfort for that long-term beauty, that long-term abundance, that long-term happiness, fulfillment, accomplishment, achievement, that joy of life and excitement. Problem is we live in a society that doesn't value long-term gain. We value short-term gain. We value short-term comforts and we have millions of products and all of our advertisements are all about helping us feel better now as if that's the most valuable thing. That's why usually we need to hurt a lot in order to overcome that. So usually when someone comes to me, they're past that point. They've realized something is just not working and they're not willing to deal with it anymore. But you don't necessarily need to get to that point. So what I do with people, the deepest stuff that I do with people is sh literally shifting their reality. Like actually, this is not a euphemism. This is not an exaggeration. When they're done, they live in a different reality. They feel like completely different people because we change their perceptions and their beliefs and the way that they think about themselves. Your identity is just a set of beliefs, who you believe yourself to be, mm -hmm. who you believe yourself not to be. Your life is a set of beliefs. So what you get, what you experience is about 13 million bits of data inside your brain coming in every single second, whittled down to 126 every single second. So your brain filters out almost all of the information that comes into your mind. That's how it makes sense of things. So it needs to decide what goes in and what doesn't. And it's kind of like a circuit. It's programmed to show you certain things. And it's programmed to show you things that agree with your beliefs. If you believe that there is never enough, 
your brain will constantly show you information and evidence. See, there's never enough. See, mm. there's never enough. See, no matter what you do, there's never enough. And if you have enough for a moment, you'll do something. Your brain will push you to do something so that you don't have enough. That way, your brain can show you, see, what you believe is right. Because we hate it when we see and experience things that don't work with our beliefs. Just look at a kid who just discovered that Santa Claus isn't real. It's never like, yay, it's tears, right? It's crying, it's anger. It's this lashing out, we get, there's like a fissure in the brain. We hate that, it's called cognitive dissonance and it sucks. It feels just like actual pain. So our brains do everything they can so that we can continue believing the things we believe. You know, if you're a grown up, you think dating is hard because you think all men just want one thing. Guess what you're going to see? Guess what you're going to attract? Guess what you're going to, you might say something you don't even know that's going to put that man on that path. You will make him think of that. So your brain can see, say, see, he's just like the rest of them. They're all pigs. Right. But when we change those beliefs, we can set up new, empowering, loving beliefs. If you think you're not good enough, life will show you you're not good enough. But if you change that to being I'm more than good enough, then life, no matter what you do, life will show you evidence that you are more than good enough. So the very first thing that needs to happen when someone feels depressed or they feel off, they feel blocked, they feel like they can't get the life that they want is to question what you believe right? And really do that self-inquiry. Why do you really believe that you are not good enough? And you'll say, look at all this evidence, Dan, look at all these things. Go, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's not how that works. Reality goes from the inside out, not the outside in, right? You learned that you weren't good enough. You cannot be born with that belief unless you're someone like me. And I'm like extremely rare. And I don't even know now with the knowledge that people have of people, I don't even know if being born is even, like being born depressed is even possible anymore. So I'm going to wager that you did not uh, come into this world with those disempowering beliefs. You saw something, heard something that made you think that. And the more we get into those questions, the more we question, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's not true. Maybe it's only true because I believe it's true. And maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that I believe it's true. And therefore my brain filters it to be that way. And I push myself unconsciously into those situations that show it. And I do things that allow me to continue believing. And then I see the world responding because I'm making it happen. And therefore I use that as an evidence. Well, what if I didn't believe that? What if I believe something different? What would happen then? And just the possibility just the idea that our thoughts aren't true, that the way we feel about things are not necessarily true, and that we can think differently, we can be different, we can feel differently. Just that is enough to start a cascade of thought that may lead you to doing the work. And what I mean is the work is changing those beliefs, change how you feel, heal those wounds. Go back, if you learned that you're inadequate in any kind of way, well, then you must be able to unlearn that. Anything you learn, you can unlearn anything. Mm. And then there are so many ways of how. My ways of doing them are not the only ways, right? So you can find your ways of changing your beliefs. It doesn't matter how you do it. But when you go in there and heal those wounds, heal those patterns, and start seeing even an inkling of change. This is what I love. First session, usually it happens. Client will come in, they'll say, I can't do this. This is how I feel. This keeps on happening to me. You know, this is, or like, I feel stuck. I don't know what to do. We do one shift and all of a sudden they're like, well, I feel the same, but life looks different. Or I don't know why I just feel happier. I don't know why I'm laughing more. I don't know why I, I found myself making those cold calls going up and talking with that sexy stranger, doing these things. And it's like, they can't explain it. All they know is something magical had just happened and they need and want more. And that's what you need to get yourself to do. 
to get that little tiny little one degree shift just to show yourself that it's possible. And then you're good. And then it's just like, we'll do more of that. <laughs> right? Right. And then it's you're good. Hey, Dream Builder, if you're anything like me, you have no idea how to come up with a quality logo or even a creative design. You know that quality is important, but it's not always the easiest to nail down, right? That's where Design Crowd comes in. Whether it's a logo, a website, book cover, or even a social media ad, they have a community of over 900,000 professional designers around the world ready to help solve your creative problem. Head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation to learn more and just for being a part of the dream nation tribe you're going to receive a special vip offer when you sign up of up to 150 dollars credit now instead of waiting weeks for an agency to pitch you an idea you'll be able to get a design of exactly what you need within just three days so again head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation and check it out do you think that people can still like, do you find that people self-sabotage because they have a fear of the change? Like they come in to you and they want the change. You tell them exactly what they need to do. You help them find that one shift. And then all of a sudden, like they still, they fear now that their whole life could shift. So they don't necessarily want to get out of it. So they self-sabotage. Do you think that's a real thing? I absolutely do. So First of all, let's change the terminology. Self-sabotage is incorrect because what it means is that there could be something in you that hates you, right? Which is, it, mm -mm, mm -mm, that isn't true. That's just not true. Even when you're suicidal, it's not true. What you're trying to do is protect yourself. That's the weird thing. When harm, when you've gone so far that harm sounds like protection, we've entered in a world of very serious issue, right? But you can always come back because the mind's number one priority is to keep you safe, right. right? Is to protect you. So sometimes we feel like, why would we have a belief that I'm not smart enough? Well, because maybe when you were a kid, you had a situation in class where you answered a question and everybody laughed at you because you were wrong. Or maybe your parents, maybe one, maybe your dad told you that you're dumb and you're never good at, you're too dumb for that, right? And you learned that if I try, that I'm gonna, I'm gonna fail. And that failure or that laughter, or that ridicule, that whatever feels awful. So I don't even wanna try, I don't wanna feel that pain. So I'm gonna protect myself by believing that I shouldn't even try because I can't. It's self-protection. Just like for me, 31 years of depression. And yeah, the weirdest thing is I wanted to be happy so bad but I never experienced it. In fact, I had associated my entire identity. Sometimes we do this. We don't know how to solve a problem. We identify with it, mm. right? We turn it into a badge. It was almost like, hi, I'm Dan, I'm depressed. You know what I mean? Like, here's my thing. Because sometimes we even develop significance because we sometimes feel like our significance increases when the problems that we face become harder, right? Like, oh, you're cute. Your problems are tiny. Look at my problems. And then we flex on them as if that means something, right? But a lot of us do it. So the idea that we can take this away either means that your significance will might reduce, right? I don't have these big problems. So who am I? Where do I get my, my you know, my uh, ego from? Or I don't know who I'll be. I've identified with this. This is all I've known. And so the fear of mystery, we try to protect ourselves from the unknown. The devil we know is better than the devil we don't, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, we can definitely protect ourselves away from the, the actual things that we tell ourselves we want most. So what I do here, and that's why my method of working with people isn't just telling them to do stuff. We do really deep shifting like processes that can take 10, 20 minutes and you come out of it with a new belief. You come out of it without a wound. You come out of it healed, even more whole, even more um, you, the true you. And I've learned over the years how to navigate these things and help people realize that actually your real safety is on the other side of that healing. 
that real safety is not having any dragons to slay. It's not about having the biggest dragon, you know, that the real way of protecting yourself is having no devils, <laughs> not the one, you know, not the one you don't, you got to heal that you can even heal your fear of mystery of the unknown. Right. And you can get to this place where the real safety comes from within knowing that no matter what you're safe, whether you have problems or not, whether you feel good about yourself, whether you don't, whether you, where everything is going great, or you don't even know what's going on to cultivate this inner safety because you have associated with the one thing that you actually have control over, which is you. Mm. So much value and so much wisdom there. And this is again phenomenal, and and I'm I obviously don't have a lot to say about it because I'm so mesmerized by it, and I think these are the conversations that a lot of people are having inside of their own minds, right? And we talk about it, it is the stories that you tell yourself, and it is the belief systems that you have. But I think where a lot of people struggle is, okay, well, how do I change that belief system, right? And if I don't have sure. the money to invest into a life coach, what are the things that I could start to do right now to start to even put myself on the right path, and then know that I need more of this, and where did I get it from? And so my question for you was, is there any, where do you go to heal yourself whenever you're feeling anxious, whenever you're feeling, you know, even a slight moment of um, negativity? Do you go to podcasts? Do you go to blogs? Or is there like a community that you go to, to where you say, hey, I'm back again. I need some more of that, in a sense, dopamine, but that life to pull me up. Sure. Well, I, I do a lot. Uh, so me personally, uh, I do have the benefit of studying psychology um, since I was 18. I have nine certifications. I have a degree from Carnegie Mellon University in cognitive science. Like I've been doing this. I've been obsessed with this for almost 20 years. Um, and I always have at least one mentor guide. Uh, I work with an oracle right now, uh, like a spiritual guide. Um, and yeah, I read all the time and i what's use a typical morning look like for you i think to someone i think somebody would uh would love to hear this what's a, what's your typical morning look like when you first get up sure um i'll get up and uh, i still suffer from sleep issues so i <laughs> usually get up and um make myself a cup of coffee i don't hit snooze i get up i get up um unless i'm like really crushed if i got like two hours of sleep I'll give myself a little bit more, but usually I'll just get up, make myself a cup of coffee, have a freezing cold shower. Um, I'll probably do some breath work. Uh, I've been loving Wim Hof breathing lately. Like, dude, if you're looking for a natural high, oh man. And it just wakes the entire body up. It's incredible. And then I'll do something light to activate my mind. I'll either read something or lately I've been really into chess. Uh, so I'll learn some chess or play some chess. Um, and uh, I used to do fasted workouts. I do 18-6 um, intermittent fasting. So I fast for 18 hours um, every day. And I used to work out in the morning as well. Now I'm trying something a little different. So I work out later. Um, so I usually get into writing or I may have a session with a client. Um, which is something that, yeah, it's necessary for my job, but I love it. It makes me think, it makes me apply myself. It makes me learn. Um, helping someone is like the greatest joy in my life. So regardless, I want to have something in the morning that helps me feel immediately fulfilled, immediately like I'm doing something. It's also why I make my bed every morning first thing. So I can already start with like a little basic win. And by the way, if you're hearing that and you're like, go, oh, that's too basic, Please allow things to be easy and simple and also yet meaningful and effective. It doesn't, ha not everything needs to take so long and be so freaking hard, you know, like there's a lot of research behind it, by the way, that just making your bed in the morning is incredible for you. It's great for your mindset, right? Or just do something that allows you to feel even a little bit of accomplishment, um, but yeah, man, if I'm not feeling good, um, I use all the tools at my disposal. 
Um, and I have my mentors and people, so I don't want to always rely on myself because I have a lot of people relying on me. Right. Um, so I like to have an exhaust valve. I like to have someone who's um, in my corner. And thank God, 2020 was an extremely difficult year for me. Um, physically, completely broke down um, and stopped sleeping entirely. And after that, I kind of went insane for a little while because like, uh, insomnia, like preventing someone from sleeping is literally torture used in countries America has gone to invade because of the way that they treat people. So when that happened to me, I just completely fell apart, lost my mind. Um, and it was beautiful to have someone in my, in my corner helping me and, um, you know, helping me through that. But if you don't have the money for that right now, um, there are a couple of things that you can absolutely do. First of all, yeah, get your morning in check. Start your morning, and I don't care what you need to do in order to give yourself the time for it. It's worth it. Take your time. Set yourself up. Helping yourself gently wake up physically, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually. Do things that help you feel good in each one of these areas. That's what the magical morning, you know, the five-minute morning or whatever, you know, the morning routine that everybody is about is, is really about. Miracle you don't morning, have to. I think it is. Miracle morning, yeah. But you don't have to do it for a full hour. You don't have to do all those things. You just have to find the things that help you feel even a little bit better than you did when you first woke up, right? You don't have to meditate if you don't want to. You don't have to meditate for an hour. You can meditate for five minutes. You know, you can just jump up and down and get your blood going. You can watch some Disney movies. Um, that was me for like three months was just me watching a little bit of a Disney movie every morning while watching coffee because I'm a sucker for Disney, especially Pixar movies. And they just light me up, man. Like they make me smile or cry happy tears or something every time. It does not matter how many times I watch them. They're reliable. So you know, support yourself a little bit with that. The next thing is find out who you are around. You need a model of possibility. That's another beautiful thing about finding a really good mentor is someone who just by the fact that they interact with you, show you a model of possibility of what you could do, who you could be, how you could feel, how you could show up and let you know that it is possible, right? A lot of people feel like crap because they're stuck around, I'm sorry to say this, stuck around people who drag them down. And it's either their family or their friends or the people they, they really like or love, but they aren't doing them any favors, right? They're showing them that it's okay. They normalize feeling like crap or having no goals or beating the crap out of themselves or each other in some sort of way. They normalize all this awful low energy behavior that keeps you stuck and feeling like crap. So you need to find at least one person who breaks that for you, who shows you that yeah, you know, you can have a drastically different life. And the more of those people you can find, the better. It's one of the reasons why um, I loved going to CrossFit for a little while when I was really depressed because I've, and I went to different gyms and I found one gym that I stuck there because when I walked in, everybody was super happy and everybody was crushing it in life, making a hell of a lot of money. They were all sexy beasts you know, complimenting and laughing with each other. And like, it doesn't matter who you were, you walk in and they would have some very awkward compliment for you. You know, if you were a guy, it doesn't matter how you felt about your own sexuality, you would have both men and women rushing up to you to tell you how sexy you were. And, you know, to help you out, help you feel good. And they would talk about what's good in their lives and they would lift me up. They showed me that it could happen. And I could do that too. And sometimes just being around them is, is medicine. So you got to find yourself the environment, the people, and a physical environment as well. Make sure that the place you're in matches how you want to feel. Don't live in a place that looks and feels chaotic if you want to have inner peace. It doesn't right. work. There's a lot of feng shui in real life, right? That stuff actually works. Um, or find, go into nature, you know, because that's ultimate harmony. Go into the woods, go by the beach, go find your thing, whether it's a lake or a mountain or, or whatever it is, right? Some people, it's desert. For me, it's the woods, uh, especially woods and mountains. I love them. Um, read things that open your mind and add new ideas and possibilities. That whole idea of like, well, maybe my beliefs, my feelings, my thoughts, my emotions aren't true. That can come from books. 
That can come from reading if you don't have immediate access to people. Read about other people's lives. Find someone who you think is incredible, who you just want a little bit of that life. Read their biography. Read about how they think. Read about what they did. You don't have to do the same things. You just have to know that it's possible that right. something like that could be real for you. And by the way, there are tons of affordable programs that you could do on your own. It don't cost a lot of money um, that can help you gain some skill, learn some new things to help you shift the way you think and feel. It doesn't have to be very expensive. Do you have a favorite that comes to mind? Um, I know Mind Valley has worked for a that lot was of exactly people. Exactly what I was thinking. And and it's super cheap. You can get access to like all of their programs for a year for like six hundred bucks. All of their programs for a whole year. Um, I got my mom that for a year so she could learn energy healing last year for her birthday. Right, mm. they're easy intros to all sorts of things that could then show you. Oh, maybe I want to learn a little bit more about that. Or again, it's just giving you that little bit of shift and show you that it's possible that you can change. I love it, man. And that can open up the cascade for you. Phenomenal. For, there's somebody out there, and I just have a couple last questions for you. Uh, there's somebody out there that, that loves the path that you're on now and your transparency and your authenticity and just your natural charisma. But they had that question, just like I do, is knowing what you know now and how much wiser you are, if there was one thing that you wish that you could go back and change or that you wish that you could that you would have implemented sooner to accelerate your path on your journey and your dream, what would that one thing be? Ah, oh, you're going to hate my answer, man. It's a trick question because we all have our journeys. We all have our paths and things. I believe that things enter our worlds when we're ready for them. And that's why it's hard. You can't tell someone else when they're not ready, hey, you got to change your life, right? You can't lift someone up if they're not ready to get off the ground. You know what I mean? And sometimes things are just too early, right? That's why sometimes you read a book, you know, a couple times in your life and you come back to it, maybe that one time, I mean, it could be like 10, 20 years after you read it the first time, then it clicks, right? You hear something, someone tells you a hundred times, but on the hundredth time, then it clicks because the conditions are correct for you to absorb that information and do something about it. I don't think I could have gone back knowing anything that I know now and given it to my younger self, I don't think I would have been ready. I don't think I would have implemented it correctly. Maybe I would have bypassed an important learning lesson. I had to hurt like that. I have a journey. I have a path. But and I, you but know, I, I got to push back a little bit because you just said that, you know, sometimes you need to hear that that 100th time and then you sure. say, okay. So for somebody else that right now, this is going to be their 100th time. What is that one uh, thing that you would have said, if I would have done this, even though I needed to hear it a hundred times, if I would have did it on the 75th time, I would have accelerated my path on my journey. I would have, I would have probably not ha had as much resistance if I would have took heed to it. Now they mm. might, there might be somebody else out there that still says, okay, well, I'm only on 50, so I still need to hear it 24 times, but there's somebody out there that's listening or watching that this could be their 75th or even their 100th time. So what would that one sure. thing be? Cool. So we'll work on that. Um, I would say that, regardless of whether you think this is a spiritual concept or, or not, by the way, it's not, it's pure neuroscience. Uh, you believe it or not, you are in charge of your reality. You can change how you think and feel. And just because you don't know how right now, doesn't mean you can't. And just because you haven't been able to, doesn't mean you can't. Right. That, this is out there and we're born with the innate ability to do it because if you were born without these beliefs and we know that is true right no insecure babies and you learned this stuff if you have the power to learn that and to create the reality you're in now you have the power to learn something else and create a different reality mm. I love it.
I love it, man. I mean, that, that's wisdom. And so for somebody that hears that right now, they got to go back and they say, okay, he makes a lot of sense. So I love it, man. This has, again, been a phenomenal conversation. For anybody who wants to stay connected with you, let me ask, where can they find you at? Super easy. You can head over to my website. It's danmendelo.com. Um, hit me up on Facebook. I'm Dan E.C. Mendelo. Connect with me on Instagram, Dan Mendelo. <laughs> I'm really basic with these things, guys. Uh, Google me. I'm everywhere. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I'm an open book, too. So if you have any questions at all about anything, and I'm not one of those guys who's going to try to turn it into a sale or whatever, um, I usually actively tell people not to buy my stuff until they're absolutely ready. I'll push you away from spending your money if I don't think you need to. Um, but I will help you however I can, even if that means giving you a little bit of clarity or answering some question that's been burning for you. Um, because I do love that. And I do believe that that's why I'm here. I love it. That's what's up, man. Well, again, I want to be the first one, my brother, if nobody else has told you today to say thank you and I appreciate you. I'm sure someone else watching this would definitely say thank you and they appreciate you as well. And uh, yeah, just remember Dream Nation and the dream we trust. But just as he said, you have to be willing to go deep and go that extra mile and figure out who you are. Because otherwise, if you don't, that dream that you have will only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.